Rich's World of Stories in association with Short Stories and Poems presents Episode 4, An Old Fireplace Warning, this podcast carries a 2 to 18 age restriction If you wish to contact the producer, email poemscouch at gmail.com or contact on Facebook at Short Stories Poems Podcasts where you can like the page or leave a message Join the group Rich's World of Stories and stay interactive with me John makes his way to the living room. The alarm is still blaring out. He suddenly becomes aware of two police officers knocking at the door. On his mind at this moment is make a dash for the back door, but where to? Then over the wall, and with what? He turns around to find a lady officer behind him. Her gun pointed level with his head. Stop right there, sir. Please place your hands above your head and keep them there until told otherwise, said Lieutenant Linda Rogers of CID. Please, can I explain, said John, with hesitation in his voice. He thinks to himself, pretend to be Lenny, or tell the story and be locked up and face a murder charge. Next, he feels the hands of a young detective place his hands behind him and handcuffs placed on his wrists. I will read your rights as you are under arrest for breaking and entering, said the detective firmly. John replies, I understand, but this is my neighbour's home. He asked me to keep an eye on the property for him. The officer continues, You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say or do could be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to have an attorney when questioned. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed free of charge. You have the right to one phone call from a public phone at the police, holding cells after booking has been completed. Linda Rogers leaves the crime scene as she has a dinner date with her soon-to-be husband, Daniel French. She arrives home. Daniel greets her at the door. Well, how was your day, dear? asks Daniel as they make their way to the dining room. Usual police work, busy with a case involving a missing woman. And a car has been found that may lead us to finding her remains, as there is a strong smell coming from the boot, replies Linda. Well, let's tuck into the food. Looks fantastic, remarks Daniel. An hour later, after a bottle of wine and roast chicken, they both leave the table. I shall be back, takes her bag to the bedroom and removes her shoes, changes into a dress and comes back into the living room. Daniel can't help looking at her and admiring the scenery. He removes his tie and jacket and sits down with the last of his wine. On entering the kitchen, Ted is standing at the basin with blood dripping into the basin and onto the floor. Wendy approaches him and tries to comfort him. Within seconds, he grabs the meat knife used for the meal and stabs her in the stomach. She stumbles around the kitchen, her hands covered in blood, as she tries to make it out the back door. Ted comes from behind, stabs her twice in the back, followed by grabbing her from behind and slashes her throat with a knife. She dropped to the floor, making a choking sound before taking her final breath. Ted puts the knife on the counter and leaves by the back door, grabs a kitchen cloth to place over his eye. On closing the door, realises he has left the watch 
bracelet and necklace behind. Goes back into the flat to recover the stolen items that Wendy had asked about earlier. On his way back passes the lifeless body of the girl he planned to tie the knot with some day. He runs to the bathroom off the bedroom just in time to be sick in the toilet and on the floor. Finally grabs the items of jewellery and runs out the flat with a trail of vomit and blood following on behind. Later that evening, Detective Sergeant Wilson finds Ted walking alone down the main street covered in blood. He was taken to hospital and lost his right eye due to the cornea being severely damaged. He spent two days in hospital before being taken to the home of his auntie Pat, his mother's sister. He had placed all the stolen items in a hole close to where the police found him. Sergeant Wilson had no clue that he had murdered a young lady just up the road. Ted told the police he walked into a branch of a tree. Detective Wilson had a discussion with his captain who said, We need to investigate further due to the mutilated body that was found in the boot of the car. They sit on the couch together. Daniel opens a second bottle of wine and Linda starts the movie. They have selected to watch An Island Dream, a romantic comedy. About an hour into the movie, I am bored, said Daniel, and places his hand on her leg and starts to kiss her. His hands touch her breasts. She responds by undoing the buttons of his shirt. Well, we are doing it then, asks Linda, as he helps undo the zip at the back and removes her dress and removes his pants and shirt. Carries her into the bedroom. She lay on her back. He starts kissing and rubbing his hands along her body. He removes his underpants. Moves up to her breast. Do not be shy, said Linda, as her bra comes away. She sits up, takes his penis in her mouth and licks the shaft. Daniel lies on his back and responds with loud groans. He helps her by removing her panties. She then positions herself in place for him to penetrate her. They then lie on the bed together with her on her side and Daniel behind her, thrusting in and out slowly. She rolls over onto her back. He positions her legs apart and over his shoulders and goes inside her. You are Doing well, my darling. Keep fucking me, said Linda. The next morning at the police station is a very tired Lieutenant Linda Rogers. Wilson, I need that report on that kid on my desk now. Sorry, I have not done it as yet. It was late by the time I finished my shift, said Wilson. Police work is 24 hours. Do I make myself fucking clear? You are up for report to the captain for disobeying a direct order when I told you to respect Jones. The head of the forensics team, Dr. Zondi, reported you'd been rude to Constable Jones. 
replies Rogers. How long am I to be kept locked up for? It's over 24 hours. I have not yet been able to contact my attorney or phone a relative to pay my bail. If any applies in my situation, said John to the guard at the holding cells. You are here on charges of housebreaking and the detective investigating your case is not ready as yet to interview you. Maybe tomorrow at the earliest, said the guard. Who is the officer? Can you give me a name, please? asks John. Detective Lieutenant Al Rogers, CID, replies the guard. She's the lady that arrested me, is she not? said John. If you say so, I was not there. This conversation is over. Now shut it. Your mouth, that is, said the guard. The guard walks away and continues down the passage. Hey, you look fucking angry. I can fix that, remarks a young Pauline James. What are you going to do, love, when a man does not get any at home? I'm sure she is getting it elsewhere. A good fuck from some fucking asshole, remarks Pete. We could meet after shift is over. What you say to that? Sounds good, said Pete. Wilson puts pen to paper and starts his report, as ordered by Rogers. Wilson, get in here now, demands the captain. Close the door and listen very carefully. I do not need bad behaviour by my detectives, out in the field or anywhere for that matter. Keep your fucking mouth shut and don't leave the office until Rogers receives a copy of your report. Now get out my office, said the captain. After shift, Pete and Pauline meet and go to a small restaurant down the road to have a meal, two large burgers and fries. They make their way to her place. Are you sure you want to have sex, asks Pete. Yes, dear, that is correct. We are here to have fun and let our hair down. She leaves the room, comes back into the living room, and he follows her to the bedroom. She undoes his shirt buttons. He slides the shoulder straps of her dress down her arms, and her dress now lies in a pile on the floor. As her bra drops to the floor, he drops his pants. She drops her shoes and lay on her back on the bed. They embrace as his hands move up to her breasts. He places himself on top of her and penetrates her. They change position with her now on the top. She rubs his penis with her hand before placing it inside. She moves up and down slowly. He finally fucks her doggy style and comes inside her. Don't worry, it's fine, was her comment. An Old Fireplace, written and read for podcast by Richard Nichols, for Richard's world of stories in association with short stories and poems. If you wish to contact the producer, email poemscouch at gmail.com or contact on Facebook Short Stories Poems Podcasts, where you can like the page or leave a message. Join the group Richard's World of Stories and stay interactive with me. This was a Richard Mark Nichols, The Storyteller Podcast. Production, copyright 2023.